from booth six at Progressive Field, where you can, in the distance, hear people very horribly singing karaoke, Sweet Child of Mine, and any other Bruno Mars song that is now six years old. It is the Selby Is Godcast alongside Zach Meisel. I'm TJ Zuppi, and I could not be any more fired up than I am today. Sure sounds like it, man. I know you just watched the Indians suffer through a loss to the Boston Red Sox tonight as we record this on Friday night. Trevor Bauer is back. He recorded four outs, although the one at the end of the first inning was almost detrimental when Jan Gomes threw out a guy. <laughs> I mean, Trevor's out there trying to get repetition. You got your catcher out there throwing guys out. Jokes aside, you got Bauer back. You saw a little bit of Bieber coming out of the bullpen. So you got you got some baseball already Already ready to Give go. me to October, man. September baseball is the worst. It's so boring. When there's not like a pennant chase, it's just... What is the difference between this and like 2012 when they were eliminated in August? That we've actually heard of the players that are playing right now? I was going to say that there there is a more beneficial end to this. It's just these, it's, these games... It's that, going to go beyond 162? These games are rough. And they don't mean anything. The Indians are the three seed. We'll see you in Houston in two weeks. Yeah. Two weeks from right now. Yeah. You're seeing Donaldson get some at-bats. You're seeing Bauer come yeah. back. I mean, there you're are things to Andrew watch. Andrew Miller like, go back-to-back. Back. You're, you're yeah. seeing Jason Kipnis get more tries in center field. All these things are meaningful, but it's taking place in this really weird spectrum that I, I don't really know how to frame you know in the game that we just saw tonight Trevor Bauer records his four outs and then they go to the bullpen Olsen gets out of the little mini jam that they're in so it's all over and then after the inning ends the bottom of the second inning you see Trevor pick up his shoulder tube and start walking out towards center field where he starts to warm up again I yeah. mean, where, do you, where else do you see that other than spring training? Typically, you don't in a regular season, especially not when it's supposed to be pennant chase and things are getting decided. Well, the Red Sox, are they've won their division, and they're on their way to locking up the top seed. The Indians are locked into the three seed. So I don't know what you're, <laughs> you're watching much Wait, of can tonight. We, can we, first of all, we have two really special guests coming on this podcast. So if you are just as sick of September baseball as I am, Hang tight. We this is this is the one. This is the podcast, and you'll find well, out. That's what why I was going to get to. But you know, but I did want to say through it. But there's a light at the end of the tunnel, at least yeah. for this podcast. Think about where we were about a month ago. Indians Red Sox at Fenway. It felt like October, mm-hmm. and especially those first two games when the Indians won. It was like those were the first two games they had played in a while, and I think those were the last two games they played where it felt like. They wanted to prove to themselves that they could hang, and they did, and now those teams are playing again, and it's like they're playing out the string, and we know these games don't mean anything. It's, it's just about guys getting their timing and, and making sure they're on the right course headed into the playoffs, but... For an observer, it uh, leaves a little to be desired. Yeah, I mean, That's why it, we've been it, focusing it, I mean, on like NFL primetime <laughs> videos and it, other it, weird it stuff. It has felt. I mean, hasn't it felt like spring training mm-hmm. with, with the way that you follow games in spring training, where they're meaningful to an extent because you want to see guys starting to look like 
what they're going to look like on opening day, and you're getting guys extended, and you you want to see good results just from, I don't know, a confidence standpoint and just yeah. feeling good about the direction entering the season. But ultimately, you know, if Trevor Bauer or Josh Tomlin or Corey Kluber, Carrasco, Clevenger, if they go out and give up four home runs, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter once you actually get to the, the start of the season. or start, Yeah, start of the regular season. It's the same thing for the playoffs. I was I was doing the the chat today and was just conversing a little bit about Jose Ramirez and the. Where were you doing the chat? On theAthletic.com. How can people participate in that chat? Well, they can go to either one of our sub stories and subscribe, because you don't want to give credit to anybody else. No, I'm kidding. We've got some great content, especially on the the Browns from last night. My goodness, there's a lot to to sift through. Super Bowl, Super Browns. Can we steal you, that? You weren't supposed to do that. This was supposed to be it's copyrighted by 92.3. Yeah, so anyway. you're not you're not allowed to to dive into that. Uh, but so I was doing the chat, and you know, it it was like that same sort of vibe where you want to see, like, if as an Indians fan, I understand why you would want to see Jose Ramirez. Uh, Coming down the stretch, start to work his way out of the funk, right? Start to hit fastballs better than he's hit this month. Just look more like the MVP caliber player that we've seen throughout most of the season. You, I understand why you want to see all of those things. But you could, he could continue to do this all the way into the playoffs. And then you get to the playoffs and take three really good swings at the right time. Hit three home runs in that first series. They advance and you won't even remember what happened at the regular season or care what happened at the end of the regular season. It's it's really odd because it means it, it feels like it should mean a lot, but ultimately it doesn't. And it's really weird. I can't yeah, wrap well, my brain around it. We've learned a lot the last two years too, because how the Indians have gone into the playoffs is the opposite of how the playoffs have unfolded for them. Um, and this year, I don't know, I mean the, the AL Central, the state of that division has just soured me on regular season baseball, I think. Like I'm so sick of watching I know not every game is meaningless, but like they've played the White Sox and the Royals and the Tigers so many times that even when, when you get to games that are actually against good opponents, it's like, uh, I'm just ready for October. <laughs> well, that is coming up. Also coming up on this podcast, as you mentioned, we have two very special guests. And for anybody that's been listening to this podcast for any length of time, you understand why this podcast is called Selby's Godcast. First few podcasts we did together after you jumped ship over to The Athletic we didn't know what to call it. We threw it out to the fans. We talked about it endlessly. But the one thing that you and I could agree on is that we love reminiscing about these these players that are a little off the radar, these moments yeah. that aren't necessarily, you know, game five, game six, game seven of the World Series or aren't these massive blasts or 15 strikeout games. It's just kind of fun to go back and reminisce about these off-the-radar players that you somehow remember rem, you're you're watching them and you're remembering it like it happened yesterday. Well, we had two random jersey sightings tonight, Tom Mastney and Derek Lowe, and not that those two guys have tons of memorable moments attached to their names in Indians lore, but I I will remember the game what what did he throw like 130 pitches in a Derek complete Lowe, game, no strikeouts uh, against the Twins and I don't think he was ever the same after that. No. I do remember the lights went out or something later that year at Progressive Field. and Was someone, this when we were in the locker room? The, the lights went yeah, out? Yeah, and someone said, up oh, Derek Lowe's, they just cashed Derek Lowe's paycheck. <laughs> um, Forgot about that. Good call. Yeah, he, he got off to a really good start, and then it went south 
so fast. It, so you have those random jerseys. What do we do every week on this podcast? Random Indian of the day, right? Yeah. We talk about these guys um, that are difficult to call to memory. But again, we always come back to the name of the podcast being the Selby is Godcast because it's like the most iconic of those moments. You have Bill Selby, utility infielder, bounced around. Anyone outside of Cleveland would have no idea who he was. and yet A lot of people inside Cleveland have no idea who he was. Did, was he a third stringer for the Browns? He comes Super up, Bowls. Go ahead. He comes up against Mariano Rivera, hits a grand slam, game-winning grand slam. To turn a 7 nothing deficit into a 10-7 win. Yeah, incredible. And On the last day before the All-Star break. So what happened a few days ago? We got a text message. It said that... The Indians have alumni ambassadors come back pretty much every home weekend series during the year. And the two this weekend are Bill Selby and Holbert Cabrera. How about that? Bill Selby, home run against Mariana Rivera. Holbert Cabrera, the walk-off single in that epic, well, what was the score they were down? Fifth, well, they were down 12 nothing, and then in the seventh inning, 14-2. 14-2. Against the Seattle Mariners. He won 116 games that year. He is the one that delivered the walk-off to complete that comeback on Sunday Night Baseball with um, John Miller calling it. And Joe Morgan. So, so good. So, so good to look back on that. And we were given it to, or sent a text message to let us know that if we wanted them on the podcast, they would effort to get it done. Well, Zach, it got done. It did. And it's like... Well, I've talked to Selby before. I talked to him last year for a story on the 15-year anniversary of that. And I remember being blown away at how down-to-earth he was, um, how great he was, just conversationally. Yeah. I mean, you you interview people, and I think there are a few like levels of interviewees. And the top level... The, the person you desire most, the, the sort of personality, is someone who seems to have a story with every answer. Because that, that those are interesting. And, and instead of getting the canned, cliche quotes, you get, like, examples, tangible things you can remember um, that back up what you're saying. And I think both guys we, we had on the podcast here fall into that category. Yeah, I was blown away by some of the stuff they remembered. But I don't want to spoil it. The, the one thing, though, is I remember after I did that story on Selby last year, 15-year anniversary, um, a great guy. And he was texting me after, uh, thanked me for writing the article, said if next time he comes up, he's a big golfer, comes up for the Indians golf outing still every sure. year. Um, and that's, that's the cool thing, too, is like these part-time guys who are here, like played sparingly, but were here for a couple of years, like they still come back. And then they've got the Indians polo on and... Um, they're remembered by the fans, and they, they join the, the broadcasts. It's like you would think they played here 15 years and were Hall of Famers, but you don't, even, <laughs> yeah. you don't have to do that. Well, I was talking to Bob DiBiase, who's basically just become the ambassador yeah. for this organization, um, and he makes sure that they maintain those connections because I, I think he sort of prides the organization on being um, at least as different as they can be than other organizations, just striving to make connections with Guys that were superstar type players, all the way down to guys at the what you would consider bottom of the roster, and you know he was he was super pumped when I was telling him that we got to to chat with those guys, and it uh, 
Would you say it was everything it could be and more? It was awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. Let's it. keep delaying this so that we just tantalize our listeners. All right, well. But I do, I did want to say, okay. so Bill All Selby right. last year texted me randomly a couple weeks after I wrote the story, and he asked me what shirt size I wear. And I replied, and he never answered, and I never, <laughs> I never found out why he asked me that. And then we forgot when we had interviewed them for the podcast. I never got. You forgot, I, I yeah. I never remembered to ask him. Well, there's always next time. What is he planning? <laughs> so, to get you ready for this, let's travel back in time. July, what was 14th, it? 14th. July 2002. 14th, 2002. I believe this was Joel Skinner's first win as manager. Wow. What a way to begin uh, tenure. And this was bases loaded. Mariana Rivera, the greatest closer of a generation. One of the best pitchers the game has ever seen. Had not allowed a Grand Slam in seven years and would not allow a Grand Slam for eight more. Facing Bill friggin' Selby. Welcome back to the Selby is Godcast. That is the name of this podcast. <laughs> and it has been that way since last year, once yeah. we officially changed the name. Of course, listeners to this podcast are very familiar with why we chose the name Selby is Godcast, but we have a very special guest here today, Zach. We do. It's the uh, two special guests, and one of them being kind of the man behind the name here we have bill selby i'm here and we have holbert cabrera hi uh two <laughs> two members of of a, a stretch of time in indians history where it seemed like just day after day it was a new fun memory and then these two guys got to live that for a little bit uh so welcome to uh to your first time on the podcast <laughs> thanks for having us are you claiming this podcast for real? Hey, I like it. <laughs> okay. so, you want to give a little background on how we arrived at that? Yeah. Well, so last year, Bill, I interviewed you for a story on the 15-year anniversary of your famous Grand Slam off Mariana Rivera. And do you want to tell us a little bit about <laughs> that, the whole Selby fan club and, and the sign? And I know you had some interactions with them. It's neat. And I'll probably see them either today or tomorrow, too. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> It is. It's a cool story. It's uh, that year. It actually, you have to flip teams because I, I was drafted with the, by the Red Sox, and I was playing in AAA at the beginning of the years in April. Uh, that's way back in '96, and uh, <clears throat> I was in. We were in Columbus back when Columbus is old stadium, and it was something like some 10, 10 cent hot dog night or something. It was crazy. There was a lot of fans there. But it was just something that just brought a lot of fans in. But anyway, our series was over. So the last game was played. You have to walk down the left field line and uh, <clears throat> walk down the left field line. I was one of the younger guys. Nowadays, AAA, it's, and Holbert can attest because he's, you know, he coaches professionally. It's, it's younger kids. Back when I played, there were older kids there. Yeah. I was one of the younger guys at the time. But uh, anyway, I was coming down the left field line 
and people were asking for autographs. It was late. We had a we had an early flight the next day, but I just I remember stopping and signing autographs for several people, whatever. And well, that night I got called up to the big leagues. Well, we Boston was in town here in Cleveland, so I met our the Red Sox here in Cleveland. So uh, my first game happened to be here with the Red Sox. So that night I ended up pinch hitting. Um, and then the next day, I was in the starting lineup, and that sign was there. <laughs> the <laughs> sign was there, and so I and I and I ended up signing. It was it was Ryan Cunningham's sign, and I ended up signing it and talking to him. There's two other guys, and uh, and it was the story was you know he said, look, we don't want anything from you. We just thought it was really cool that you took the time to stop, and here you are. We got to see your first major league game and everything like that. So. So the trips from from then on out, whether I was here or not, you would see the sign every once in a while. Became friends. It's, it was pretty cool. So <laughs> I actually uh, got in touch with Ryan to let him know I was coming back in town. I think he's going to be at a season ticket holder event that I'll be at tomorrow. So it'd be pretty cool to see him again. So that it's like an iconic sign. It's like that piece of cardboard that says <laughs> Selby is God. I saw it. Got... I saw. I just saw a picture of it today. That <laughs> Lindor that had it too. I thought that thing's been around yeah, a long like a, time. The cult hero. Yeah. Almost, yeah. Like. So we were thinking about names for the podcast. We wanted something that connected with Indians fans. You know, you want something that's a little deeper than the surface level, obvious. Right. Something that really connects with Indians fans that uh, would certainly remember your moment against Mariano Rivera, which we'll get to. And I think, Zach, you've you've finally suggested, because we we talk about random moments all the time, and Holbert, you're – your your walk off in the the Seattle Mariners game is always going to be a fond memory for Indians fans, and we thought, we got Selby is God. We have podcasts. Why not just combine the two? So it became the Selby is Godcast. <laughs> That's and, really unique. And, I like uh, it. We get, fans seem to like it, and we've stuck with it. And it's good. Kind of organically, that's how we arrived at it. So we are super excited to have you on today, yeah. Holbert, you as well, just to kind of relive some of the uh, the Indians, uh, your glory days and some of the Indians' glory days of the past, too. But uh, you want to start with the moment, the moment that created this, the, yeah. the, the icon? That were you, uh, you were with the Indians. It was 2002, your last year here? Yeah, 2002 was my last year. Okay. Uh, I went through a season. I got traded to LA. Okay. Was it before? Because he got traded, I got yeah. called back up. That's oh, what I was. There, there is a unique connection with that because <laughs> I was sent down about five or six days ago. Okay. Because he, you were hurt and came yeah. off the disabled list. That's what, after I got changed the season. And as soon as he yeah. came back, they traded him, and I got recalled. So, how often does that home run get brought up just in your everyday life now? A lot. Still. Well, you know, Kipnis hit one the other night. Right. So <laughs> it's like, hey, I saw someone in Cleveland and walk off Grand Slam. Well, it's going to get even bigger when he gets into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. So it does. It does. And, you know, again, I've told you this before, but yeah. uh, I'm from a small place in Mississippi. And, and uh, you know, the little guy that's done a few things. And so kind of, you know, I've had friends that relived it. And, you know, my son will pop it up on YouTube every once in a while and show a friend of his or something like that. So, yeah, it's. It flies around in circles quite frequently. Can you take us through that at bat? What as you're going to the plate, what's <laughs> going in your mind as you're facing, you know, Mariano Rivera, you know, still hasn't ascended to I don't know, maybe what he eventually became as a surefire Hall of Fame type pitcher, but still one of the best pitchers in the game at the time. Oh yeah. You know, what are you thinking as you're walking to the plate? Oh well, you gotta go back a couple of innings. I mean and this is what's funny about it because this is the stuff only players really talk about. Right. It's because I had been recalled, and I want to say the day before, 
I want to say the day before, because I actually pinch hit off Mariana the night before and ground it out. <laughs> and the next day I was starting, and it was, I'll never forget it, because it was Mike Nusina was pitching. There were shadows. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> it was exactly, it was like, why am I, why am I what was that, what's that? So I, I got off to a bad start in the game. But I can remember in the eighth inning, um, Mike Stanton was pitching. Came out of the bullpen, was left-handed pitcher. And I ended up getting a hit. And and as guys that played off the bench a lot, you know, if you could salvage that one for three or one for four, oh, you know, you feel good until the next time you play. Yeah. You know, you're like, I'm good until the next time. Nice. You know, or if you pull an 0 for four, then you're like, oh, you're stressed until that next chance you get. So, anyway, I can remember in the eighth inning I got a hit. And I thought, if nothing else, I just salvaged a day. Well, as the inning started happening, the bottom of the ninth started happening, it, it, you could just see the momentum happening. I remember looking over at uh, Lee Stevens. You remember mm-hmm. Lee Stevens mm-hmm. was here at the time, and and he says, "We're gonna hit again, buddy." <laughs> and I can remember, man, I don't want to hit off this guy. And I, said, I just, I just got my one hit. And I was like, man, I'm good. And so uh, it was funny because uh, sure enough, it just started coming around, coming around. I remember going down underneath and hitting off the tee some and having to calm down, just say prayers. So I look, <laughs> good Lord, if this is what you want me to do, then I need a little help right here. So, but you know, you walk up to the plate, and it's just any other situation in baseball. I mean, it was grand at the time, but uh, you're you're up there to do your job, you know, and. I can remember going 2-0, and I was taken all the way. Because you can go back and listen to uh, Tom Hamilton talking. He said, well, that might have been his best pitch to hit. And I'm like, you know, walks a tie, you know, walks pretty good. <laughs> you ain't up here but you know, but anyway, but, but after a couple pitches, you get locked in, and you kind of understand what he's doing. You know, that's the thing. That's the beauty about, especially some how talented some of these players that play throughout this league, through the course of history, how talented they are. And how they're they're out there with their craft, you know what they're doing. It's no secret, and yet they can still be so successful in doing what he's doing. There's no question what Mariano does to left-handers. He throws <laughs> cutters in, and then he breaks bats. And right-handers, he front doors a cutter. And I mean, it's, it's no secret. So, uh, but you know, I remember hitting the ball foul. I hit a foul ball that could have won it too. And and I remember, you know, a lot of times in those situations. I've and now that I've coached it, and whole day too. You kind of feel the emotion that every player goes through that comes up when it was when you're a player, it's it's unique to yourself. But yep. when you're a coach or a yep. manager, you're feeling all of them because you've you've and you know. And I can so many times it's happened to watch the guys just that oh I just missed and their emotions is just a big adrenaline dump and they're like oh I wouldn't let it happen. I was like no nah, this I just got to walk it off go slow get back there and everything's gonna be fine get you another pitch and that's what happened. Then it, then it was. You know, you forget the next two hours of, of having fun and everything like that. So, but yeah, it was a good moment. Hobart, did you face Mariano much? One time, um, I think the ball travels about two feet. <laughs> <laughs> it was embarrassing. It was a pinch hit uh, in, uh, in New York. Um, it was, I think that's the year that he was trying to work with us, come out with a sinker. Uh, and that one really sink. His ball was so heavy. <laughs> it's, it's the one thing I, th- I think is really cool about, and maybe it's just a bias, just a baseball thing, but it seems like more than any other sport, you can have anyone on any given day kind of play that role of hero. So, you know, Bill, whether it was your home run against Mariano or, or Hobart, your, your walk-off against the Mariners in that, on that day, it seems like more, more than any other sport, you know, whether it's the last guy on the bench or the guy that's the superstar, right. somebody yeah. can have their their time kind of in the in the spotlight 
Well, that is the beauty of it. I think that's you know with you know Holder played a lot longer than I did, but but very similar in the in in some years where he had to you know play left field or he had to play shortstop or second base and and as and I can attest for his career in the times I was with him of how hard he worked at his craft and how much time and effort he put into it and and we've talked about the changes of the professional game now but I think that's why you play the game because you know that it, at any point in a game or in a series or in a, a, a championship series you know just like Raji Davis with his home run I <laughs> yeah. mean it's it was such a moment in time and then all it takes is somebody else doing it the next time the next you know and, and it's just yeah. and so it is it is it is very rewarding I think that's why it's an easy sport to like because uh, it's like you said you, you, you don't have to be Jim Tomey to have <laughs> moments you don't have to be you know Francisco Lindor to have moments everybody can have them and you just got to be ready for for when those opportunities come. So when it's a twelve nothing game awesome. and you're you're substituting in for somebody Oh uh, for a Hall of Famer. <laughs> but, <laughs> somebody a Hall of Famer. <laughs> but like, but what, what's in just any blowout game like that, what's going through your mind when you enter late just to give someone well, you off know, their feet? Um like like Bill say, uh, you just gotta stay ready. because um, you never know what what, what every other day is going to bring to the table for you as a utility player. Uh, but, you know, fifth inning, fourth inning, actually, I entered the game in the fourth. And I said, well, I get three at-bats, I get one hit. <laughs> for home happy. <laughs> that was the important three at-bats for guys that don't get to play all the time. Yeah, so uh, my first at-bat, I actually I remember I have a RBI double uh, after Cordero hit a a double, I got an RBI double. Um, then things just start building up, inning by inning, we start tipping away. Um, all of a sudden, here comes this moment where we in the night, and they have uh, Sasaki yeah. uh, closing the game already, and we never thought we were gonna see him, <laughs> but we already went through Nelson, right. and we got him. So, um, Omar is, Omar is hitting, Omar was hitting uh, second that day. Um, they um, loved to hit that base hit, and Omar hit that, that triple yeah. to tie the game. Right? So I got a chance in the night <laughs> to win the game. And I ground out sharply, like one hopper to third base. Right. Um, who's now my boss, uh, <laughs> uh, what's his name? Uh, David Bell yeah. just oh, yeah. grabbed that ball and, and, and throw to first base. Um, but then in the 11, uh, same situation, they walk, uh, they walk uh, Omar and load the, ba- load the base. Oh, no, first and second base, walk Omar, first and second. And the guy at the play, uh, pitching was uh, Paniagua, mm-hmm. who I... Uh, yeah. I came up with him. I come up with him. So I know all his pitches. I know (laughs) what he's going to (laughs) do. That's an Expos guy. Yeah, Expos guy. So he was my my roommate, actually, in Double A. So I know he's going to come with that hard sinker that he has. I'm like, got a cheat. (laughs) (laughs) Luckily, you know, to this day, I hit the ball hard. I hit the ball good. My son just said that two days ago. We watched it. Yeah. Because he was asking me about you. And I said, "We'll, we'll pull up that game. And he watched. It, he said that bat broke, but he hit that ball hard. I hit, yeah. that ball, yeah. hard. I hit that ball good, but but you know what? Because the ball, that ball, that the bat broke, allows Kenny to score. Right. Because you know he get thrown out. Yeah. 
it would have been just a little bit harder. Just yeah. a little bit harder. Right. Yeah, right. so it, it was one of those moments where guys go, a uh, little bit softer, please. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, um, uh, you know, just bless. Uh, I'm, I'm, me and, and Billy, we, we we play together. We come out together. I'm, I'm, we're kind of similar players, uh, but some kind of different because my, my game was speed, his game. He has some power. You know, mm -hmm. he was a good hitter. Uh, um, but in a way, we relay, you Absolutely. know, our careers a lot. Uh, and we have fun playing together. Uh, both work very, very hard and very, we're very fortunate to uh, to play this game for mm -hmm. a long time. When you see Taubensee pick up Kenny, do you think he's going to body slam him at that point? Oh, God. <laughs> actually, he's got him up upside down. I over actually, Taubensee was uh, my co-worker last year. He, he worked for, uh, for the Giants for a little bit. Uh, uh, last year, and we talk about that all the time. Uh, but it, it was a great moment, you know, to add, uh, to add on to that moment. Couple years later, I remember I'm playing for uh, somebody else, and I got a game-winning hit against the <laughs> against uh, Pinela. So third time comes around, and in Cincinnati, he have uh, Woods in the <laughs> pitching. He walks the guy, uh, Encarnacion, in front of me. He walking to pitch to me, and I got another <laughs> game winning. So I got, on the, my, my career, I have five. I have three of, against them, against things managed by Pinela. And after the game, he goes, somehow. <laughs> I live for the moment. Said, no, he goes, somehow, that name sounds familiar. Like, he said, we've been there before. And somebody, I don't, I, you know, somebody bring it up. Right. Like, oh, well, he got three walk-offs. I guess things money for you and That's hey, awesome. just the way things happens in baseball. How much fun you guys had so many personalities in those clubhouses. Um, and I know you know, if, if any team wins they're gonna blast the music and have a good time. But just from a day to day to day, how much fun was it being around some of those guys who seemed larger than life almost? It you know, that's part of the what I miss from playing is just you know, I, I, somebody called me, uh, a gentleman in Buffalo that's writing a book on Jeff Manto. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> we just mentioned him on this podcast. Oh, and, and, you know, and, and Larry wanted lives. some <laughs> comments and wanted me to talk about him. And, you know, Jeff was a lot like Tommy was. You know, after a game, those guys would go from locker to locker and just talk about baseball. And they weren't in a hurry to get out, hurry up and get out. And, you know, I think culture's a little different nowadays as to see how quick we can get out. But, Definitely. Uh, they just sit around and talk baseball, but yet they keep it light, especially Manto. Mickey was something else. But I think that's what's the u uniqueness about the fraternity of baseball is that you do come across so many personalities that 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 make the 162 games in, what, 180 days fun. You know, because mm -hmm. sometimes it does – you know, sometimes it is stressful. Sometimes it's difficult and all the things that go on. But you just run across so many people that are that – are, to have their own stories, you know, that's what's cool about it. You're well, um, to add on to that, uh, now that I'm in the, in the other side, mm -hmm. you know, because we were so fortunate to be around so many different personalities and, and that I saw what, what worked in a clubhouse, what don't work in a clubhouse, you know, I'm able to use that to my advantage as a, as a manager in the minor league. So in my, my clubhouse, that music is still always playing. Yeah. That's matter if you win or lose, because any given day that's gonna happen. It is. You're gonna lose, you're gonna win. Mm -hmm. But 
you gotta keep the same attitude all the time. When you hit that ball off of air, it's in the air forever. You know, when you when you when you have a moment like that, do, does it feel like it's in slow motion? Does it feel like it's going fast? How does when you're in a situation like that, and you come through? What I mean, does that feel like in the moment? Again, I, I'm I'm still recalling because, like I said, my son and I watched uh, his video <laughs> at least three or four times. Uh, this not literally two or three days ago. We watched it. <laughs> And, uh, and then you kind of relive some of the moments. I, I think running around the bases, you're not really – I wouldn't really – it was just like this just happened. <laughs> it just really happened, you know, and you kind of get – I really didn't know anything other than, wow, that just happened. That was awesome. And I got home plate, and then I got smoked in the head by Jimmy and uh, Tommy <laughs> drilled me in the ground. But, uh, yeah, I think you stay on that that air of invincibility for a while. I mean, whether it just like Kipnis the other night, you know, even though he is a, a superstar who's had many of those moments, it's still surreal when it happens mm-hmm. that you're like, wow, that just happened. And this is, you know, it, it's, it's the elation that you go through with is, is what makes, uh, I, I use the Browns. I mean, I, it's like winning the Super Bowl, you know, after the Browns mm-hmm. won their game. What is it, 500 and how many days? Before almost 600. Almost 600, yeah. 600 days before they won their last. Mm-hmm. And it's those are the kind of things that you live for in sports. That's what makes it such a, a valuable commodity for, you know, happiness and enjoyment. So, Is it fun when you guys can build connections where, you know, 15, 16 years later, after you're done playing, you can come back to these, you know, come back here and fans still remember these moments and still relive them like it just happened yesterday? You know, what is that – feel like as a player just no to doubt, have that. No doubt, and you know what? It's funny uh, now that you say that because uh, soon they're not going to remember because a lot of the people that saw us doing <laughs> it, uh, they won't be around. Yeah. Um, and this younger generation are just brought all different. They don't, they don't know like the history of the game. They just live for the moment. Right. Uh, home runs. Um, um, the, the game is so different now. Uh, but it's definitely... Especially when you get to live those moments over and with teammates, mm-hmm. you know, with, with friends. Uh, um, but Cleveland Indians fans, and I, I, I speak for myself, for what I left, for what I live in the uh, this past uh, January during the fantasy camp. Mm-hmm. They don't forget. No, they don't. <laughs> oh my they God! Really and don't. they wanted to know like exactly like how we what we're doing right now without the. Without the phone in front of me, but they ask you everything. You know, they want to know, like, how you do that? How you do this? How was this guy? They want to do know everything, but they remember every single moment, and that's yeah. what's special. And, like, when that moment's happening, you don't think, oh, people are going to remember this no. for the rest no, of my not life. not a bit. You just, it, I, I, you, we kind of raise our hands like, man, that just happened. I, I got a chance to, for something good to happen to me. But you don't realize the impact that it may happen, that you it may have years later. You know, I still have people that will send me a text and I've never heard of it. I still get baseball cards about it, you know, in the mail that said, hey, I remember when you hit that walk-off. It's like, so, I mean, I, you know, and I, we have a career other than the, you know, sure. a walk-off hit and, and things like that. But the connection that you make with with former teammates, I haven't seen Holbert, spoken with Holbert in years, but instantly when you see him or you see each other, it just brings back a whole bunch right. of things that you've experienced together and, and people you've met and you've played with and you've come across. That's that's what's really cool about it. Did that happen for, when your brother played here that one year? Did um, that happen where, like, 
just those memories came flooding back because he was going to Cleveland. Of course, but I, I keep telling him, like, hey, why you keep following me all over? Because <laughs> I, I play here, they end up playing here. Or playing in Cincinnati, he went and playing Cincinnati, like, why are you trying to get my... I think when I'm playing Boston, <laughs> you know, that, I, you keep that for yourself. Well, at least some stay stuff. there, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, no, definitely. Uh, and he have different experiences. Orlando mm-hmm. was a superstar, even though he never played in, in, in any All-Star game, and that's unbelievable. Really but, but he had a great career, played for a long time, was really a really smart player. Uh, but he has his own, you know... Some moments, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, we, we talk about st- stuff like places that that we like to be, or that we like to go in every every stadium or every city that that we visit as as players. But other than that, it, you know, he won the World Series, so he got that going for him. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, we thank you guys for taking a few minutes today. We really appreciate Absolutely. indulging a couple idiot writers that still talk about this all the time on this podcast. <laughs> Uh, what do you just real quick? What are you guys up to now, Bill? What are you? I've been coaching. I retired in the after the 2005 season, and I've been coaching at the junior college I went to since then. I missed two games. I'm trying to get an update on the second <laughs> one. But, uh, yeah, I've been doing that for this is my 14th season, so still in the game. We we were talking about that, and, that, and that's funny when I, I text Bill and he's he's like, "No, I've been coaching for 14." Like Jesus, um, and then because we were talking about coaching. And, uh, this is my sixth year coaching. Um, my fourth year is going to be my fourth year next year for the, with the Giants. I managed the uh, single A team in Augusta in the Sally Lee this year. Um, I just got promoted to Triple A. I going to Sacramento, so we were talking about, you know, the stuff that I'm going to be doing now and how important it is and how exciting I am to do yep. it. Um, but the, the game is one. It doesn't matter how much changes they want to implement it into it, they will come and go. And the game is going to be combat, it's always going to come back to, right. to, 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 the, uh, to the roof, uh, which is, you know, fundamental baseball, hit behind the runners, bunt. That, that, those cycles always come and go, and, and I can't wait for the next one to come, because <laughs> it's lunch angles and stuff like that. <laughs> You're not sitting down with StatCast and looking at <laughs> well, exit I, I, velocity. I got to, I got to, you know, I, guess, I got this, I get these messages from a person that is behind a computer. Hey, I think you, uh, the best lineup would be this, because I'm like, um, yeah, your computer says that, but right now I got this guy that can hit lefties. This guy don't like to hit third. Yeah. So, you know, I, I'm the one who has to go with the human factor. Right. You know, mm-hmm. you, yeah, with the computer is easy. Because, oh, this one base percentage and this and OPS, all of that. Like, yeah, it don't work like that in the minor leagues. In big leagues, <laughs> you got a bigger bigger size right. sample. Right. Minor leagues, you, you can do it. Well, thank you again, guys. We could sit here and do this forever. And you guys probably would love to do it forever. Uh, but we'll let you get to your weekend duties. But thanks again for stopping by the podcast. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having us. It was a pleasure. We'll be back to wrap things up after this. Selby's got cut.
the stunned expression on the faces of the Mariners, I could not, I, I could not be any less surprised. Uh, imagine being in that position where you're up 12 runs that late in the game. How do you not believe that you've won that game? There were so many things about that game. I mean, both teams had emptied their benches. So the Mariners had the benefit of being able to use their top relievers, and they had an amazing bullpen that year. But those guys had all probably mentally checked out. Like Jeff Nelson yeah. and Kaz Sasaki, they weren't expecting to pitch. It was 14-2 to two in the seventh inning. But also, because of that, you had Tobinsey and Holbert Cabrera contributing. <laughs> and um, it, it's – that game will ne- – it's on YouTube, the full thing, and I've, I've sat through and rewatched it so many times. Yeah. It's, it's unbelievable. Yeah, that, that certainly uh, – it was an incredible comeback. And a lot of people remember the three-run double – or. Th- Three-run triple. triple, sorry, by Vizquel. Which people criticize the Mariners because they weren't... They're guarding the lines. Yeah. They were not. They had... Who was playing first at that point? Uh, I can't remember. No, but it was Charles Gibson. Gibson was playing right field and, like... Was it Olerud at first? But he probably came out. Anyhow, so the first baseman's playing off the, off the line. Yeah. And in that position, you give up a, a hit... You live with it. The thing you don't want to give up is a guy hitting it into the corner. Um, and Vizquel snuck it down inside the corner and, of course, tied it up in the ninth. And then, of course, as Holby was talking about, you had an opportunity. Oh, Holby, you guys are on a – you're that tight now? Did you listen to the podcast? <laughs> so he comes up in the ninth. He's got a chance. I, and this is the one thing. We had a limited amount of time. I did I, – I wanted to talk just – you, when you're in that position, you complete this epic comeback, Right. And you've done all the work, and you get into a position, and then you don't come through. Like you don't win the game. What's that emotion? Is it? Are you still riding high that you finished it? Is it a gigantic letdown that you weren't able to finish it off, and you're now giving the other team an opportunity to come and try to sneak out a win, even though you've done all this work? And if you feel like you've come all the way back and you still managed to lose this game, what does that feel like? Honestly, There's a lot going on. That's a great on. question. That's I, a like lot. I don't even have an answer. I don't think we can put ourselves in their shoes and and know that. We, I, we I were keeping of, them. We were keeping them away from signing autographs and seeing the fans. I, at some point, I was like, "All right, we probably should wrap um, this up." But that the fact that the Mariners won 116 games that year. The Indians were a mess. Their pitching was in disarray. That was Mike Bassick's first. It was his major league debut. He came in for Burba, who got shelled. And he pitched six innings, and he didn't like he gave up like six or seven runs. But the fact that he was able to just eat up those innings <laughs> allowed the Indians to not destroy their bullpen, and then obviously gave them time to come through. I mean that that's and on ESPN Sunday Night Baseball too. So like everyone who's at the ballpark, you're going home because you got to get up for work the next morning. Yeah. Um, you know, kids maybe have camp or something. Like who was sticking around? Who was still watching? That? Well, luckily, I'm sure the people watching the game. As it was unfolding, probably jumped to Twitter and said, hey, you guys got to turn on the... Oh, wait, no. That was before Twitter. I do have... So my basement, I have tons of iconic Cleveland sports moments captured via photo. And I one of them is Omar when he gets the third on that triple, slapping hands with Joel Skinner. Mm. Uh, it's a pretty cool... Two-handed. Pretty cool one. Yeah. Two-handed low five. Yeah. Uh, very memorable. Uh, but thank you to... Which, first of all... Well, which moment's better? Oh, God. Which moment is more iconic? Well, if you're saying it's just – if it's just a moment, then it's Bill Selby's. Because the 
the comeback wasn't yeah. just one moment. It wasn't just – in fact, a lot of people probably – or maybe many people or some segment of the population forgets that Cabrera had the walk-off. You remember Vizquel. You remember Tobinsy picking up Lofton. Maybe don't necessarily remember who hit the walk-off. So it's probably not a moment I guess, so much I guess as what I mean is uh, those two – because what we forget is – everyone remembers Selby's Grand Slam. The fact that they turned a 7 nothing deficit into a 10-7 win, and they got to Mariano, I think they scored six times in the ninth inning. Like that, that's just as improbable as coming back down 14-2. to two. Yeah, no. It, you have, in 2001, it, it felt important because you're doing it against a really good team and you're, you are still worried about your playoff standing. It felt like, in the moment, it felt like one of those games, maybe this is the moment where they lift off, right? This is the jumping off point for them. Um, and they ended up taking that Seattle team to five games and the... ALDS the first round. They probably should have beaten them. I thought Pro- they were yeah, going prob- to. Yeah, probably should. They were up, uh, what, 2-1 in the series? Up 2-1 to one with that 17-2 to two victory in Game 3. That's right. The Selby one was different because the transition had occurred and it was pretty evident the Indians weren't going to make the playoffs. They traded Bartolo a few weeks earlier. Right. So it was a, di- it was a different sort of moment. It, w- it was the improbability of it all that makes it special. Yeah. But both, I mean, and you said it, when we sat down with them, I mean, it's, you never know who's going to be the hero. And those two guys in those moments had no idea that we'd be talking about this 15, 16, 17 years later. That's, that's, that's what makes sports so great. And that's, you know, it's, you can never turn anything off and you can never count anyone out. Unless it's September baseball where both teams have clinched <laughs> their divisions, then you could probably turn it off. You can I think subscribe. it was being too harsh. It's not that bad. I just subscribe. To I'm the just ready for October. With Podbean, and Google Play, and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spotify, Stitcher. You guys know the drill by now. Anchor as well. Um, and be sure to rate and leave us a little review because it helps out the podcast a bunch. Kind of get some more eyes on it. Help uh, if if you have any tribe fans, you know, you're friends with your your family, and they're not listening to the Selby is Godcast. Get them on board. Let them know where where we're at, and uh, we greatly appreciate that. And we always appreciate everyone subscribing over at The Athletic. And remember, leave a review. Five-star review, I'll buy you a beer. Just got to find me. (laughs) The one, there is, somebody took you up on that. Yeah. Yeah, they they subscribed. Come find me. On Apple Podcasts. Tell me what bar to go to. Buy me a beer. So the next step is to find you, and you're like the world's most difficult guy to find. Why is that? Uh, final thing before we go. Was it more thrilling today to do that interview we, we wrapped, just wrapped up with Bill Selby and Holbert Cabrera or to eat dinner next to Pedro Martinez? That was cool. I know he ruined the Indians' 1999 season <laughs> um, with his six immaculate innings out of the bullpen with a bad back, but he was... He was my favorite pitcher to watch of all time and like one of my favorite just like we've talked a little bit about our favorite players and my my Mount Rushmore of favorite baseball players is very weird David Justice Octavio Dotel <laughs> Pedro Martinez only the greats um that that was pretty cool I don't know what the hell he was wearing <laughs> Does it matter I mean like 
He can do whatever he. It wants looked like to. he was going to. He's going to be badass. Fly a plane in like a world war. <laughs> but <laughs> also, those, doesn't he frequently wear those? But those pants were kind of like yoga pants too. I don't know what he like, was wearing. Dude can do whatever he Absolutely. needs to do uh, because he, uh, in retrospect, looking back, was as phenomenal. A and the, you will him, ever see. yeah, in that era, to pitch as well as he did, to be able to beat beat you with as many pitches as he could beat you with. Uh, that was, that was yeah, appointment tonight, television tonight was, every time. Tonight was weird. You have the Red Sox in town. You have ESPN here. You have TBS here. So that's why you have these random cast of characters. I go to get coffee, and Dave Dombrowski is getting coffee, and I'm waiting on Dave Dombrowski. Name the drop. guy that helped build the team that beat the Indians tonight, uh, or at least traded all their prospects, because that's generally what he does. Although you guys have similar hairstyles, so that'll be good. <laughs> I have no gray yet. Well, I'm just saying, you both have tremendous hair. Okay, thank you. Hopefully that continues on in, in your lifetime. Uh, any parting words before we get out of here? No, this was really cool. Thank you to the Indians. Absolutely. Uh, PR staff for helping set this up and notifying us. And, uh, yeah, hope you guys enjoyed. Till next week when we bring some other well, random Indians. Do we, do we retire the podcast now? <laughs> I mean. It never gets better than this. If you subscribe to the podcast, you just know that the rest of these from here on out are just going to be pretty much pretty much garbage. So, yeah. But thanks for subscribing. Oh, we'll man, try man. really, really hard. Right here. See you.